Thanks for joining us for season seven of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy, and I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Hey, thanks for that great Kind, fantastic introduction, Jimmy. I appreciate that. And feel free, everyone, to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, food service, technology, innovation, and capital. Jimmy, I got to tell you, we got a great show. It's incredible to be here on season seven. I love it. We got a lot to talk about. First of all, we just came back from Food on Demand, and I got to tell you, that was a whirlwind show. It's always great to be in Vegas. Love seeing everybody in Vegas. We ate, we drank, we partied. We had the best time ever. And Jimmy, don't unpack your suitcase, baby, because we're headed to Chicago for the National Restaurant Show in just a couple of days, Jimmy. So it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Jimmy, but I got to tell you, I was thinking about something. I was thinking about something on the flight home from Food on Demand. You know what I was thinking about? I'm not sure what you were thinking about. Chicago, my kind of town? No, 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 (laughs) not yet, not yet. On the way home, I was thinking about, hmm, this branded marketplace, the marketplace is really the best place for everyone to go to find all that tech that we saw on Food on Demand, everything that an operator needs to run a restaurant or a hotel or a stadium, anything touching food service, you got to go to the marketplace because that's where the best tech lies, the best innovation, the best suppliers, everything is there. So go to the branded marketplace, okay, and check it out, okay? And if you want to get on the marketplace, Jimmy, you just email me, marketplace at brandestrategic.com. We'll get you on. We'll get you onboarded. And Jimmy, how much does it cost to be on the marketplace? This sounds very expensive. Very expensive. How much does it cost? Think <laughs> zero, Jimmy. It costs nothing to be on the marketplace. That's what's so incredible. How do we make money charging nothing to be in the marketplace? Jimmy, you are the finance guy, and you said Shatsy will make it up in volume. <laughs> in volume. We don't make money. We don't charge anything. We'll make it up in volume. You know what I have to say about that, Shatsy? Here's a little Easter egg for you. Boom. That's right. Boom, about that. baby. Boom. All right. Take it away, Jimmy, because we had a great show. All right, Shatsy. That self, that that absolutely uh, uh, shameless uh, self promotion. Shameless self promotion was brought to you by Chico's Bail Bonds. Okay, if you ever need bail bonds, uh, Chico's is where you get your bail bonds. Okay, listen, we do have really have a great show, uh, a great episode for today. We have our friend, um, Mr. Brian Solar, GM of restaurants. Don't even know Sarah. how we got a guest like this. This guy's a big deal. He, he's a big deal, and I got to tell you, one of the best guys we know in the market. And oh, I'm best not just looking, saying Jimmy. That. Best looking. I'll give him that as well. I got to tell you, we sh- we should have gone with video today because we chat. You and I have faces for radio. Brian's like, what? You could, couldn't give me video, but all right. Listen, enough of the banter. He's as close to let's GQ get, models we've ever had. Let's get Brian involved with the show. Brian, welcome to the podcast. We'll let you uh, give a little introduction, a little background on yourself, and of course, your elevator pitch on Square, my friend. Oh my God, sorry, I gotta like wipe the tears out of my eyes. Uh, absolutely love being with you guys, as always. Uh, so, so, so fun. Uh, everybody, my name is Brian Solar. I'm the head of restaurants over at Square. A um, little bit of uh, Just so you know, the only two people listening to this podcast are Jimmy and I, so don't worry. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh my God. Well, then, why, 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 why am I doing this again? Y'all know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm the, I'm the head of restaurants over at Square. Came from a big restaurant family. Uh, my grandmother started a Mexican restaurant. My aunts, uncles, cousins all own restaurants. Uh, and so, you know, for, for me, this is this is kind of the dream to be able to help restaurants run better. Um, Square, I think hopefully a lot of folks know it. Uh, it started out as something a long time ago, the thing you swipe. Uh, but now, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about this later. But I, I think the, the point of sale is effectively becoming the brain uh, of, of the whole restaurant. And so... 
really excited to talk about how payments meets kitchen display systems, meets the servers, meets online ordering, all that stuff, because uh, technology is, is eating restaurants right now. Brian, thank you so much. And by the way, we love, we love that you come from a family of restaurant operators because you really know the biz. Before we take a deeper dive into Square or Block, I'm not sure which way we're going right now, <laughs> but we'll stick with Square and we'll talk about that later. But before we take a deeper dive, we'd like to know what makes Brian Solar tick. How did Brian Solar from the family of restaurant owners and operators turn into this incredibly uh, successful entrepreneur, having founded several companies. You worked at a little company called Google. You've heard of Google, Jimmy. Goggle? Goggle or Google? The second, the second O is silent, I think. Uh, there you ah, go. Didn't know, yeah, go see? Gougelet. Yeah. Gougelet. That's breaking news. <laughs> I think it's French. It's Gougelet. So you worked at Google, and now you're at Square, another very small company very few people have heard about. <laughs> So can you just tell us your journey? How did you get from Google to Square? Brian, by the way, this is Shatsy's Fraser Crane moment. Shatsy wants you to know he's listening. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean, so, you know, uh, I, I kind of think of the, the whole thing started, uh, for me, the, this journey started in like 2008. Um, I was working at a strategy consulting firm. I was helping, you know, some really big companies turn it around in the recession. Um, and, you know, one day my aunt called me and she said, Hey, you know, our, the, the family restaurant's struggling. Um, and I thought to myself, Hey, like, you know, if we can do this for really big companies, why can't we do it for restaurants? And so I got a couple of buddies together and we started a nonprofit. We went into these restaurants, we helped turn them around. Um, and, you know, working with those restaurant owners, I mean, it felt like working with family, you know, I could see my aunts and uncles and all of them. Um, and so did that for a bit, went to business school. In business school, uh, I started a company. Uh, and, and the whole idea was how do we help restaurants? Because, I mean, y'all live and bleed uh, restaurants. Y'all know this. The ones that really make it are not the ones that are you know busy on Saturday night or Friday night. They're the ones that figure out how way to stay busy on Monday and Tuesday. Um, and so we were building Man, a, man, you got that right. <laughs> I'll tell you, if, if you can be busy on Monday and Tuesday and you can sell that extra glass of wine, you are going to be made in the shade. And so, uh, you know, we were focused on that and we were built a company. And uh, one day, you know, Google, Goggle, however you pronounce it, but based on where in the world <laughs> you are, uh, you know, they gave us a call and they said, hey, you know, like, what are you doing? And uh, we thought they were they were going to, you know come, come uh, slap our hand or something. And they said, no, we like it. Like, you know, why don't we build it? Um, so went over and, uh, you know, was on the team that, that built uh, reserve with Google, Google's reservations platform, and then worked on a bunch of small business stuff and restaurant stuff. And, you know, one day the phone rang and uh, Square, who's a company that I, you know, deeply, deeply admire. Was it Jack? Was it Jack who called you? You know what? It wasn't Jack. I don't think. Can I gets... say Jack or is it Mr. Dorsey? You know, I I don't know that he does calls. Um, I, yeah, he oh. does a lot of videos, and God knows where in the world he is. Uh, he's, he's a very famous man. Uh, no, it was it was someone called me and they said, "Hey, you want this job?" And I was like, "You know, uh, I would absolutely love that job," um, because in my mind, you know, the the point of sale is the future. Like that that's how restaurants are going to be run. You know, technology is going to make or break them. So. Uh, for me, this is the dream job. I get to I get to help all the folks that you know look like my aunts, uncles, and cousins. 
I love that, Brian, and thank you for sharing it. I got to say, um, I think one of the things we appreciate about what you're doing and what your team and the folks at Square are doing is you really do have a, a passion um, to be an ally to operators. And, and our whole thesis at Branded started with, you know, we recognized and identified the friction between the technologists and the operators, and we felt there, was, there needed to be an ally to the operators because it's really a challenge to run these stores, as you've been highlighting from your aunts and uncles. Someone had to sift through all all the technology available and start to be an ally to them. And I think that's what you and your team do as, as well as anybody. And the fact that you do it from a big platform is, is amazing. I want to kick things off with, and I can't steal Shatz's thunder. So this is not breaking news. In fact, I'm going to say this is not so breaking news. Um, and I say that because um, it's, it's not a new topic that Square is actually changing its name to Block. I think and it I, changed it. I think it's already changed, yeah, Jimmy. And, it's changed. And, and, we have sweatshirts and everything. There we yeah, go. So, so, uh, so we've seen the logos. We've seen some hardware. We've seen some branding. It's all spot on. The only reason we still get square stuff from Brian is he's got that leftover in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you see the when you see that Knicks championship 1994 uh, banner and over somewhere in South Africa, you know the you know that was the leftover shirts that they sent over that way. The, the, yes. they printed. Yeah. All right, there you have it. All right, so can you share a little more about the impetus behind the change in the name Square to Block? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, well, well, first off, uh, the the move from Square to Block, it's got kind of a bunch of different components to it. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, when most folks think about Square. They think about walking into a store and interacting with a payment system, interacting with, you know, that thing that that Square grew up on. And now Square's just so much bigger, right? I mean, we own Title, there's the Cash App, there's TBD, all the Bitcoin stuff, there's banking. And, you know, kind of similar to uh, how uh, all of Google kind of fell under Alphabet and Facebook and all of their other stuff fell into Meta. I think for us, I mean, we've grown so much as a company and we're trying to do so many different things um, that we just want to make sure that we had a brand that could capture all that. Um, and all of those things are coming together, like, you know, Cash App and Square, they have this convergence that, that is coming. Um, but having the name Block kind of captures the three-dimensional aspect of like what Square is trying to do. Now, is it true that you came up with the name Block? Uh, is, is this true? That, you know, it's impossible to confirm or deny that. So I will. I will ah, I will ah Jimmy, you pass. see? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thanks for that. So, so listen, we talked a little bit about it before. Undoubtedly, any operator will tell you that the POS is the heart of the business. I mean, you speak to most restaurant operators, hospitality owners and operators, and you bring up technology. Their first thing is, of course, I love tech. I am in deep into tech. I have a point of sale system. Of course, I'm into tech, you yeah. know. Last week at Food on Demand in Vegas, which was awesome, by the way, you spoke on a panel and discussed the POS as its own ecosystem. We like to call it the heart of the restaurant. Can you share a little more about this and why the POS is essential for every business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I've got kind of a, a different spin on it, which is I actually think that kitchen is the heart of the restaurant, right? I mean, everything flows in and out of the kitchen. That, that's how the business runs. The POS is the brain, right? It, ah, it is the thing aha. that directs everything, makes it better, faster. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the POS is, is a really, really uh, kind of interesting evolution. I mean, if you think about like, you know, let's, let's go on a little history lesson here. So if you think restaurants back in the day, you know, when my 
grandparents or whatever were running the restaurant. I mean, that was that was a till, right? That was just a cash register where you know someone wrote mm-hmm. down something, you came, you punched it in. Um, you know, leap forward one, and then you got these these legacy point of sales, right? And the way that I describe them to folks is it's kind of like you got Microsoft Word 1998 on a disk. You know, like you put it into your computer and like you got it and like you had it for 10 or 15 years. And like, by the way, update. Nah, you got to get the 2002 Microsoft Word. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yep. So, you know, all of that, I think, was was contained. And then I think where where we jump to is where we are today. Right. Where there's these cloud point of sale systems and what restaurant owners demanded was they said, hey, number one, we know you guys aren't going to build everything. So we need y'all to be connecting with all of these other folks that are going to be building really, really important technologies. And number two, we don't want to wait every two or three years to get an update. Like we want it instantly. And so now, you know, businesses like Square, I mean, our team is pushing brand new updates, brand new features, like literally every week, every other week. Um, And we're plugging in to great companies that are building super kind of niche forward looking technologies that, you know, frankly... There's just too many things that, that need to be built for restaurant owners for one company to build it all. So I think about the APIs and like what we're doing with those folks, like that's the secret sauce. You know, don't build everything, build the way so that everyone else can build to it. Love it, love it, love it. And I so appreciate uh, you bringing up you know, not just your API, but how open you guys are. Um, you know, and the and recognize the importance of integrations. Uh, and again, I like that being the brain of the restaurant. Listen, I want to dive a little bit deeper in that topic. Um, uh, at Brand, we're always discussing the importance of tech, and we like to say that as of today. Um, and really, it should have been embraced a little ways ago. But technology is medicine. It's not vitamins. Okay, It is medicine for this industry, for operators. Um, so, Brian, um, Square has truly positioned itself, as I've already kind of commented, as an ally to restaurants and creating a, a best-in-class uh, stack of tech and tools and operators, allowing the operators, I should say, to do what they do best, okay? They, they all can't be experts in this space, so you guys are cultivating and curating some of the best tech on your platform and with other um, allies to, to your business. Can you share a little bit more about this philosophy um, and how you are you know, approaching continuing to be an ally to operators, you know, through through this, uh, you know, creating this best-in-class tech stack? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so, so a couple of things that, that you said in there, um, you know, number one, you know, the idea of like medicine versus vitamins, right? A vitamin is something that's nice to have. And, and a medicine is like, yo, I, I got a big problem. Like this rash is not going away. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think about some of the big problems that restaurants have, like staffing challenges and costs and, you know, uh, all the delivery stuff that's playing out. Um, and I think about like where, point of sales play into that, right? And, and the best point of sales in my mind, uh, if if folks walked around, you know, a bunch of the, the folks at the Square office, like our big thing is, and I would like to believe that I am uh, I am deeply empathetic to, to restaurant owners and, and, you know, what's going on in the world. Some of the people on my team are equally, if not more obsessed. And I mean, to the point that they would slam their hand on the uh, on the table and be like, "Hey, they needed this yesterday. We need to go out and get that for them." And so, you know, t- take a take a problem like staffing, right? Um, so you got labor costs going up. You get it's really hard for folks to, to come in um, without tech. It's super hard to adapt to that. And I'll give you a flip side, which is I was talking to a restaurant owner. Uh, they they have FSR, super interesting problem. They had have a big floor plan, 
and half the floor plan they could not cover because they kept having people call in sick. They couldn't get enough servers to come in. So one of the things that they did was they took half those tables and they put QR codes on them. And so now, I mean, you can choose to sit in a, lay, a section with a server or you can choose to sit in a section with a QR code where you're going to order for yourself and you're going to do all those things. You can't address that staffing problem. I mean, that is that is medicine to a problem that they have. And what's incredible about it is that turns into an opportunity because people that are using that technology, I mean, I was at a, a bar with my brothers the other day and we hadn't seen each other in a while. And we sat down I mean, we were ready to go. Uh, and the waiter came by two or three times. And by the time we got up, I was like, man, we would have bought like five to 10 more beers if they just kept coming by. That QR code doesn't walk by. It's always there. You know, you can always use it. And so I, I think technology as, as a form of medicine, like we're just starting to scratch the surface on it. And there's so many problems that restaurant owners are going to need us to help them solve. And by the way, Square can't solve all of them. So, you know, we look at great companies, you know, think about delivery, right? You know, Bromo, Cartwheel, like these guys that are working on how do restaurants do their own delivery. I mean, that is critical to their bottom line. And so all of that stuff is stuff that we're really excited about. And I mean, we're not going to build it all. We just don't have enough people. I love it. I love it. Listen, I think Square currently you have, I mean, you have hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of food service operations on in your uh, portfolio on the platform right now. I think the number I just looked at that you have, Square has over 10 billion restaurant accounts in America alone. Is that number accurate? Over 10 billion restaurants on the Square platform T in America? 10 billion. 10 billion is probably low. We probably have 40 billion. Is, is 40 billion. 40, Jimmy, 40 it's over 40 billion, billion restaurants <laughs> on the Square platform in the United States alone, Jimmy. And you're the finance guy, Jimmy. That's a lot of restaurants. I can, hey, I can Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy you look perplexed. Am I, is that, am I <laughs> yeah. exaggerating? Is that number too big? I feel like I'm in a scene out of used cars, uh, the movie Used Cars, for, for well, updating myself. I may be a exaggerating a, 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 a gajillion. But the bottom line is, there's a lot of restaurants using Square. That's the bottom line. And they got QuickServe, you got FullServe, you got Ghost Kitchens. I mean, they're all over the place. Can you give us a little feedback? What kind of, what are you hearing from the current Square clients? Like, what tech are they most excited about on the Square platform? What are you guys offering that makes it that these you know restaurant folks are just so excited to be using Square and sticking with Square? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of uh, the the number is not forty billion, but it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot, a lot. And I, I think I think the I may have are... exaggerated by a couple billion. <laughs> uh, it's a couple decimal points. Uh, but you know, the thing that I think is is interesting is like when you have as big a portfolio of restaurants as we have, the answer is very different, right? Because uh, the most important thing, I'll give you a great example. If you're a high velocity QSR, what you really care about is the way that, that Square can kind of crank throughput, right? Like we can be incredibly fast. We can make, you know, the, the motions really quickly. We can do the payment really quickly. We can do loyalty really quickly. We can do all of that stuff. Um, if you're a FSR, right, you know, maybe what you care a lot about is the KDS and how it works with coursing. And, you know, your kitchen and your servers, you know, your service becomes like a ballet. It's like perfectly orchestrated. You know, you've got folks making drinks before people leave the table type deal. Um, and then, you know, I, I think the, the, the thing that, you know, maybe sometimes sneaks by um, is I think that folks don't appreciate that Square is a bank, right? I mean, we, we verticalize the stack. And so from a rates perspective, we can be incredibly competitive. 
Um, and you know, if, if you're in a business where you're talking about five to 10% profit margin, getting an extra 1% back is a big deal. Big um, deal. And so big, big deal. People love it. And I think people are always surprised because they always come in and they say, you know, I got this unbelievable deal and this guy's my brother-in-law and he works at, you know, ABC. It's always, it's always a brother-in-law. It's always yeah. a brother-in-law <laughs> selling you credit card processing, right? He always a brother-in-law give me the best deal. Yeah. 5%, yeah. 5% processing, the best deal. Well, brother-in-law. You know, the other thing that's great is when they come and they tell you they got some incredible deal, it's like, oh yeah, I'm paying 1.25% and you're like, nah. And then you Plus a dollar for per transaction. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then there's there's, there's like a hundred dollar you know per tenth transaction you know payment integrity fee and like all this stuff. And you know, God bless that brother in law is never allowed back to Thanksgiving once we're done. He's got to eat too, Brian. No, you're right. Those Mercedes <laughs> don't buy themselves. I cover the structured credit world and 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 financial world. I got to tell you, some of this payment processing stuff is as complicated and uh, as as anything as as I've witnessed in terms of how people could layer in various charges, fees, or or, or whatnot. But that is a great point you're making. Square is a bank, and it could actually address something as as critical to the industry as ultimately the cost for these for the processing. Um, listen, everything we discussed so far, Square is clearly. Um, um, values, integrations, and innovations. Um, but you're also prioritizing prioritizing this in your internal tech stack. Um, when it comes to new tech, um, you know we've had guests on the podcast where they talk about the ability to build it or the desire to build it. We also talk, talk about folks that want to acquire it or or merge with it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, which camp is Square in? Is it a build it? Is it a buy it? Where, well, where does Square come out on this? Well, so, so uh, first, Curveball, um, you know, if you gave me a choice, I'm choosing option C, which is partner with it. And, and, and Boom. you know, that Boom. to me Boom. is always, <laughs> that's always the easiest, fastest way for us to deliver the value that our sellers need really quickly, right? And so, yep. um, you know, with, with, with that, you know, I think that there's, we definitely get to moments where we decide whether we're going to build it or buy it. Um, I think it usually comes down to like three big things, right? And so, one is like, how urgently do our sellers need this thing solved? Uh, you know, how big of a gap is it right now? And so um, if it's not like super urgent, like maybe it's a little bit more attractive for us to build it because it's going to, you know, building takes time. Second and thing money. is, and money, I know for, for sure. But, you know, acquiring companies ain't cheap either, especially these days. People are getting real frothy asking for $20 million on, a, you know, a thing that they built over the weekend. So um sold but, to you for 20 <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 exactly some people would call it frothy uh no yes. but uh so the, the second thing is I, I think how hard is it to build right and so um you know what, what, sometimes things either are really complicated they're really really difficult to build or they take a lot of industry expertise to build it or sometimes they're just like super straightforward but they're just pain to build it's going to take you know six months to a year. And it's like, you know what, it's probably easier for me just to buy this, put it in. Um, and then the last thing I build it or buy it, which is the, the dark horse is who is the team? Like who are the people that we're getting in that deal? That's the thing that I think a lot of people don't think about, which is, you know, if you buy a company, usually they're going to be there for three or four years. Um, we've had, we've had folks that, you know, we're super early in the process and we're like, man, these guys are super sharp. What they got is early, but you know, if, if we're going to build it, we might as well buy them and build it together. Um, and then conversely, we've had folks that are, uh, you know, thinking 
hey, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And I'm like, I would not put those people on our team. They do not share our values. They do not care about restaurants the way that we care about them. You know, we will not add them to our culture. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, that's kind of my my big three. Whoa. So we're going option C, not even the table partner. I love it. I love it. Partnership. That is the way to go. That is it's a lot quicker. It's a lot quicker. Building, buying it. We got to add that. We got to add that. That's just not just it's not mm-hmm. just a B. It's a B or C. And actually, Brian Tor, C, C, baby. All right. Let's uh, listen. We got a lot to go over. You know what? This segment is called Talking Back because I got to tell you, Jimmy loves to talk a lot. I like to talk a lot, but it turns out that a lot of our guests <laughs> like to talk a lot. So we added a little segment called Talking Back, where we offer a chance for our guests to ask us questions. Nothing is off the table. Mr. Solar, the mic is yours. Ask any question you'd like to Jimmy and I. All right. I, 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 uh, I like this question a lot. And, uh, you know, I... I was thinking about it. I mean, you guys live, breathe, bleed restaurants, right? And there's so many folks that are out there that are starting a restaurant or they're in a restaurant. What is the one piece of advice that you would give them? The thing that maybe you think that you got wrong early, but now you figured out uh, that you would give to a, a, a young Jimmy and Chatsy. Oh, wow. Fantastic question. Yeah, yeah. And once again, Chatsy, I think as, as our restaurant guy, you're talking about what someone comes to you and they have this all, they're all enthusiastic. And Chatsy, what do you say to them? Wow, is what I say. Wow. That is a really <laughs> tough question. What do you say? I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. I mean, you, you know, when you're talking about restaurants, I mean, there's, you know, is it full service? Is it fast casual? Is it fine dining? I mean, a lot of times you go to, to the location, you know, the location, location. There's so much to that we can get into about if you want to start a restaurant today. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling to answer this question uh, within the time frame that we have. Uh, we can do a complete separate segment. I'm, I mean, I'm it's almost advice. like I, I, there's so much to this that I, I, I feel that that we almost need it. It's, it's. it's its own podcast. Right, I want to jump in. If- I want to jump in. Yeah, I want to <laughs> jump in. I told you, you know, Jimmy I likes to talk. Yeah, you know why Chad's just struggling with this question? And again, in the category TMI. That I'm an idiot? Actually- no, you're dealing with this right now on a very personal level. Your son, your son has entered this industry and and you're looking at yourself as you know as a 25 30 year veteran of this industry your son is now entering this business this has you a little verklempt you're a little it's like you're all caught up in this so (laughs) i'm going to answer the question somebody comes to me and talks about wanting to start and open a restaurant i will say the following I believe this is truly one of the most unique and exceptional times to do so. Why is that? This is no longer a side hustle. This isn't just a transient position. Oh, I'll, I'll wait tables for a little bit. I'll bartend a little bit. No, I believe as we are moving forward with this industry being transformed, there are more career opportunities and this industry is somewhat evolving. And I think creating a path that is going to be more inclusive and more open to so many folks. So however you start in this industry – 
you want to wait tables. I mean, I was a bar back. I was a busboy, satire both bartenders. But I believe now, first of all, a very exciting time and attracting people from all sorts of other industries um, to, to help make this go. We are modernizing. We've been an incredibly antiquated uh, business for a long time. I think we're this is now changing. And to me, I would think, A, you know, to Shatz's point, what type of restaurant do you want to do? Are you looking to do it? Why are you doing this? Why are you choosing the thing you're choosing? But at the end of the day, you're going to have this amazing journey because I really believe that when it, when it comes to industries, the close contact, think of what industry other than restaurants is the manufacturing facility on the other side of a wall or even not even, even visible to the, to, the, to the retail side of, of, of that same industry. This all happens inside a restaurant, the creation of the products that and get served to the customers, our guests. I think it's an amazing um, opportunity. And, I, and if I was talking to myself 30 something years ago, I didn't see this kind of roadmap. I didn't see this career path at the time. I was, a, I, I bust tables. I waited, to, I waited tables. I was a bartender. I thought once you got the best shift you could get, you maxed out. Where else could you go? What was next? So to me right now, I think the path in this industry, it's, it's never, it's, look, it's, it's a challenge. Of course, anything worthwhile is, but what an amazing opportunity as this industry is being transformed for new talent to come in and make things happen. That's what I have to say. Uh, you know what, Brian, I agree with Jimmy. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah. Tell your and, son that chat. He tell him he's on a yeah. good path. This is good. This is good. It, All right. It, listen. it is an incredible, it is an incredibly exciting business that we have been privileged to be a part of for many, many years, I got to tell you. And one of my favorite taglines, it takes a village. Do not think you're going to go at this alone. Don't try to go it alone. Start bringing in key people from all aspects, whether it's your supplier, whether it's your, your, your POS partner, whether it's you know your, 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 your team, your staff. This is an incredible team effort. And, and, and I, I'm, look, I'm, I'm really, I'm genuinely fired up about it. We've opened yeah. up two new restaurants since the pandemic. We're opening up a third now. Yes. Tech and innovation investing is our core focus, but man, we do love this industry and what an exciting time to be part of it. And I'd also, I'd like to add Jimmy, I'd like to give Brian's cell phone number out right now. And anybody who wants to start, <laughs> I think they should call Brian and, and talk to him as well. I mean, he's looking to invest in some yeah. new concepts right now. Yes. So, uh, and he'd give you a great deal on Square. We'll get to that at the end of the show. 713 I like it. I like it a lot. But you know, you know what, uh, Jimmy, to your point, you know, one thing that I really, really, really love and I've always loved about restaurants is it's a place where people can start. And, you know, you know, it, it, the stats were crazy. I remember there's like 37% of, of restaurant owners are immigrants, right? And I think about my grandmother, right? You know, and uh, it's it's like one in three folks, restaurants are going to be their first job. And, you know, think about the fact that you're part of an industry that allows people to change their stars. And I mean, like that, I, I get fired up about that. I tell our team, you know, like we're, we're part of how people pay their check and, you know, how they pay their mortgage and how they pay their rent and how they pay for school. You know, 28% of folks that are, are working in a restaurant are a student doing something else. Um, and so, you know, it, it's a it's the beaten heart, right? I mean, it keeps everything moving. Everybody's got to eat. A disproportionate number of the CEOs that we've invested in actually have grown up in the industry. Uh, that uh, it, it's kind of like if you look at a baseball manager, if they were a player, they used to be a catcher. Most popular position to lead to management. If you look at an NFL analyst, you know what, what position they played? If they played at all, quarterback. These are the positions that see the field. You know, you know. 
we love folks that have, have earned their stripes or paid their dues in the industry to then go on to lead other companies, even on the tech side. We, we think it's great. Listen, I want to move on to the next segment because, you know, I got to say, it's been very rare over the last seven seasons that I got a new segment. So I think <laughs> I, 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 I somewhat uh, bullied our producer. Uh, that's just not true. I didn't bully. Bullied or paid, Jimmy. <laughs> bullied or paid. What I simply did was tell a funny story about you and I at a restaurant. Uh, Julie, our producer, and the team cracked up and said that should be a segment. So the segment is my favorite hospitality moment. Uh, recently, that's a show. That's, that's a, show. a show. What you do today? Okay? That's a show. So, so I, I don't want to tell the same story every episode, so I'm going to tell a different one than the last one, but i got to make it quick because this is about Brian, not about me, but the first invet- restaurant I invested was Shatsy and our partner, Dean. My first restaurant, I cut my check, and right after they take the check from me, they'd say, look, we're going to make mistakes, okay? It's going to happen. You're going to hear about mistakes we've made. You can't operate at a thousand – at perfection. So you're going to hear about some mistakes. Worse than that, you may even have a family member that shows up, a friend that shows up, and it's going to be a mistake. You might even be eating at the restaurant, and we're going to make a mistake. Please understand, it's just the nature of the beast. I, I was still on my younger brother's birthday party. Like a month later, Shash is there, and Dean's there, and let's just say we're having a really tough experience. It's really not working out. Shatsy walks over to me and, and he whispers, he goes, look, uh, your server, uh, we'll call her D. Um, you know, she's a nice, nice person. Yes. You know, it's really, you were tries hard. Yeah. Said, yeah. She, uh, she totally effed up your whole thing. They forgot to put your order in then, then <laughs> inputted it wrong. And then forgot this. She goes, this is, this is a disaster. We'll get through it. Sorry. It happened to you and your entire family on your brother's birthday. But my, one of my favorite moments was the absolute collapse of bringing my family down to our new restaurant to show off what we had just done. And they're like, and fail. So, Brian, <laughs> what is your favorite hospitality moment that you can share with us, or at least a story you can share with our listeners? Uh, all right. Well, so hold on. I'll, I'll give you all, I'll give you all dealer's choice. I got, you want the one from me working with the restaurants or you want me eating at a restaurant? Whatever you want. Okay. Any, all right, all right, any all hospitality right. moment for Mr. Solo. All right. All right. So when I was, uh, you know, like – Super young. I was probably like 23, 24. I was, you know, a uh, strategy consultant, uh, and I'm starting to help these restaurants out on the side. And I'm working with this restaurant. I uh, uh, won't say their name because I don't, I don't know what, what happened to them this, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But uh, so they're, they're having problems, you know, making making uh, making the stuff work, and we got to go in there. We got to turn them around. And so at the time, they were using these, like, super old point-of-sale systems. I mean, you had to, like, download stuff to, like, a CSV, and, like, the guy was just the nicest guy in the world, but clearly, like, didn't get tech. So I'm interviewing the staff, and I'm, you know, I'm talking to the back-of-house staff, and, you know, I speak Spanish. The guys in the back-of-house speak Spanish. We're hanging out. We're, you know, we're, it's late. Um, and I'm talking to them. I say, guys, what, what's your favorite part about working here? And they said, man, it's the lobster. I was like, what? <laughs> I go, what? What do you mean it's the lobster? He goes, man, this owner buys lobster three times a week. He's like, we haven't sold a lobster in over a year. So everyone in the back is eating lobsters all the time. <laughs> Boy, you solved the food cost problem right there. <laughs> so fair enough. Fair enough, my man. <laughs> all right, well, here's the food cost issue. Check yeah. that box. We, Strat- we address it. We, we, we call that a product mix <laughs> issue, right there. You got to know whether that's coming off the shelves or not. That is excellent. Yeah, that is that is that is classic. I love that, and thank you for sharing it. Listen, we want to move to our crystal ball moment, where we ask our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. The future, Brian. How do you see restaurants and dining just two years from now in relation to hospitality and tech? 
First off, Miss Cleo, what a throwback. Man, I, 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 I remember back late at night, you know, the, the number would come up. Um, but all right. So I, I think I think a couple of things, you know, I'm going to split it into two categories. I think there's uh, FSR side and the QSR side. So the QSR side, I, you know, I think, I think it was like 2019 was the first year that the amount of dollars spent outside of the house surpassed those spent inside the house. So, you know, grocery spending was now a minority of the spending. And so, you know, especially when you look at like the younger generations, they want to spend, they want to eat out. Right. And, and not all, no, not everybody's made of money. And so like, you know, what you end up happening, what ends up happening is folks end up kind of moving towards this commodity type experience where cost matters a lot. But I think one of the things that we're going to see in the next two years is obviously you got to be able to make a good chicken sandwich. You got to be able to, you know, do the basics. But if you look at what like Starbucks and Chick-fil-A and some of these other folks have done, I mean, they've brought technology in and made convenience a really big part of the package. And so what I think we're going to see is a lot of independents are going to need to step up their game on the convenience and the ordering and the experience from a QSR standpoint, just to be able to compete. I mean, look, guys, I, I love the, the neighborhood restaurant as much as everybody, but have y'all used the Chick-fil-A app? That thing is incredible. I mean, their chicken, uh, their chicken sandwich might be second most important thing they're doing. That app is incredible. Um, so that's one. Uh, I see Shatsy shaking his head. He's, you're feeling it. No, I'm, I, 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 you know, I'm a Starbucks guy, and I've been using it for years. Jimmy will tell you, man. I, and I'll, I'll make an Uber pull over anywhere we are if I see a Starbucks, even even I'm not thirsty or I have a Starbucks in my hand, just because I love using the app. Yeah, it's, it's just seamless. It's easy, and you know, and Uber's another one. Uh, it's just another one. It's a really easy way of getting a car. It's a really easy way of getting a Starbucks. I couldn't agree with you more. Brian, I mean, quick sidebar, quick sidebar. Shatsy, nothing more than he loves not just using the Starbucks app, but he likes seeing a really long line. At Starbucks of people yeah. that didn't oh, know yeah. about the app or don't use the app, and he likes walking <laughs> by, by, and that. he's got this smug look on his face, and yeah. as he grabs his pre-made iced tea with Shatsy's <laughs> name on it, and he looks around, he goes like, "Yep, you should have downloaded the app." And yeah. there he goes. But, I, but I'm so confused by everyone standing online. Did they have so much? That, like that's enjoyable. I'm perplexed. But anyway, I agree with you 100. Yes, that, that's the exact same you, UX and UI. Yeah, the, the feeling you get when you walk through clear and everybody's waiting in line. You're like, yep. this is it, people. This is it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll tell you the other thing that, that I think is interesting. Uh, just uh, that first point. You know, I think restaurants are going to figure out status. I think they're going to figure out that like not every customer should be treated the same. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I have like you know red club status at Chick Fil A, which you know my wife would probably say I need to be going to the gym more. Um, but I mean. <laughs> The fact that that restaurants <laughs> treat every customer the same is insane, right? And, you know, the the fact that you might airlines go to, and hotels certainly don't. Oh hell no! Yeah, I mean, you know, your one K, your Admirals Club, whatever. Why do restaurants not have that? And so uh, that actually brings me to the second point, which is especially on the FSR side, I think the expectations of the experience of understanding your customer and making it special for them and understanding that they're coming back. All of that is about to get elevated. And for, for restaurants to do that, they need data. Because, you know, I, I think that the stat is um, in the restaurant industry, it's about over 100% turnover over the last year. You know, folks are bouncing between. And historically, I think restaurants were like, oh, like, hey, Hank, come on over here. Who's our best customer? And, you know, they describe old Mr. Smith who comes in on Saturdays or whatever. But now, I mean, there's so many folks coming in. And, you know, you all have invested in, you know, Ovation's a great company, you know, looking at this, you know, Young Pingo, there's, all the feedback parts of it, but there's also, you know, the customer profiles, like what is it that people are actually yes. trying to do? Um, big believer that that's, 
it's going to make the diners experience better. It's going to make the restaurants smarter. So um, that's that's my other one. Um, and then my very, very last one I'll be quick at about is uh, I think data. I, I think what we're going to find is that, you know, supply chain costs are going up, staff, staffing costs are going up. People are going to get really, really data obsessed. I'm uh, <laughs> So people on my team tell me I'm, I'm a little bit paranoid. Um, I think that the sun might be, you know, interest rates going up, food costs going up. I, I think the sun sun might be uh, seeing some little clouds coming. Uh, yep. And so in the event that you see a recession or something come, I think people get really laser focused on, you know, how do I protect my margins? How do I do those things? And to do that well, you need data. Uh, and so I know, love it. Chassis, Chassis. Cut and dry, all those guys. As Brian's talking about data, there's one word on my mind. One word. Can you can you tell me what words on my mind? One response to Brian's uh, comment on the importance of data. Boom! Shakalaka. There it is. <laughs> Boom. Boom. That's right. I couldn't agree with you more. Listen, that was some really great insight. I got to tell you, I think probably Jimmy, the best crystal ball moment we've ever had was today, and oh. that's not breaking news. That's a fact. I I, yeah, I gotta you, agree with you. By I'm the way, Sterling you Douglas. Say that to all the all the folks. Nope, we never Sterling do. Sterling Douglas we... may have good hair, but let me tell you, he's got nothing on Brian Solomon when it <laughs> comes to the crystal ball moment. There Let's go is. into the best segment of the entire podcast, okay? Brian, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. This is the branded quickfire. Are you ready? Yes, ready. If you could be on any reality TV show, what would it be? Jeopardy. Where are you getting dinner from tonight, sir? Uh, probably whatever it is on my kids' plate that I didn't eat. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm the, the garbage can. Just whatever my kids don't eat is what I'm eating. <laughs> yeah, who needs a dishwasher? Brian just eats anything <laughs> off the plate. I love it. What's your favorite food city in the world? Woof. Oh, this is a good one. Um, all right. By the US, way, Austin's no slouch. I got to tell you, I was just Austin's there. Austin's no know slouch. That. A barbecue game is, is on point. Breakfast tacos are on point. Okay, so here's what I'm going. U.S., I'm going Houston, Texas. Best fusion. You know, it's a diverse melting pot. You got Vietnamese crawfish. You got everything. Internationally, I'm going Mexico City. Oh, boy, I got to tell you, I love Mexico City. You are Mexico spot City. on there. Favorite place to travel? Uh, all right. Well, th this one's got kind of a, uh, a hometown element. Uh, so my mom is actually from an island in the French West Indies called Martinique. I was actually there uh, last week. Uh, uh, they have a club med there or something? They do have a club med, actually. They do have a club med. I think yeah, I yeah. went there. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> I haven't been in a bit, but yeah, they got that. Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> Keeping with reality TV show theme, if you were to choose either Jimmy or I, to be in a strategic alliance on a little show called Survivor. Mm -hmm. Survivor is ready. Okay. Who would you choose to have the best odds of winning Survivor? Who would you want on your alliance oh. on Survivor? So this is a uh, – I've, I've, I've been thinking about this a little bit. And you know what? I think this is a trick question because I know you and Jimmy – and y'all have been together forever. There's no way in hell y'all would be on different teams. No, 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 no. If anything, I'm the pawn as y'all two kind of, you know, coordinate amongst yourselves. 
I have to respect the answer. I want you to go, Brian. Hey, I, I'm surprised. You ever see the way? You ever see those cartoons where like the the one guy's starving and he looks at the other guy and he's a and he's a hot dog? That's Jimmy <laughs> looking at me on Survivor. He's like, Shats, I love you. You're my partner, but really all he's seeing is a hot dog. You know, he's like, I'm gonna eat Shats. The lamb that that's becomes the lamp chop. Yeah, is that a deal? That's exactly. He's looking at me with smiles. I love you, Shats, but really I'm just a hamburger. Okay. That's I, okay. I think that was a great answer. I I, res- I respect it and uh and 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 Chats, uh, I think you'd be delicious with a little bit of mustard and sauerkraut. <laughs> <laughs> a little mint jelly on the side. You know, Brian, we want to thank you for joining us uh, uh, today and, and for sharing all your insights. And really, uh, you were dropping some knowledge bombs uh, for us, and that was awesome. Uh, we appreciate uh, what you and your team are doing uh, for the industry uh, and really how you guys have made yourself um, a tremendous ally to operators. That is what we really care deeply about. I think that's one of the reasons we've uh, connected with you and, and your team and gelling because we really do like the way you approach um, your business and, and how helpful you are to this industry. If you want to get in touch with Brian directly, despite Chats making a joke about giving out his cell number, uh, you can email the podcast team at podcast at brandestrategic.com and we would be happy to make the introduction. Uh, we stopped giving out cell numbers in, uh, in season one and we're on now on season seven. <laughs> we're KG veterans. Uh, to our listeners, uh, we want to thank you so much for tuning in with us. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and despite Chats' comments, there are only two listeners of this show. That is not true, my friends. We are actually continuing to grow our subscriber base um, exponentially, and we are thrilled. Well, Brian's on, so there's three, Jimmy. Yeah. So we are thrilled. I, I gotta, guys, I got to tell you, I actually listen to all of my runs, and I'm, I'm like running, and I'm like laughing. It's great. There we have it. We have, so we are thrilled to be in season seven, and, and we greatly appreciate you continuing to support us uh, by checking out and tuning in. Uh, join us next week as we welcome our, our friend and our, our guest, Mr. Dan Rowe from France. Smart. Uh, I got to tell you, one of the leading, uh, I guess, one of the, the the most intelligent, successful franchising experts, I would say, in this country, I mean, maybe even beyond. He oh, is I mean, masterful. He started five five guys, dude. Five guys burger. Oh, five five guys. I've heard of that one. Yes. Anyway, yeah, that's no. a big one. Dan Rowe uh, next week, and it's going to be great. Uh, and finally, if you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe to the podcast um, so you don't miss out on any of the exciting guests we have coming up in the future. Um, hey, Jimmy, from- let me just throw in there. Go check out – if you want to learn more about Square, just go to Square.com. Square up. Square up.com. Square, square up. Square up. Square up. Yeah. Give them the right URL, Shatsy. Block. Block. <laughs> what do I just BrianSolar.com. <laughs> Brian yeah, BrianSolar.com, yeah. <laughs> All right. So listen, Brian, with great appreciation, uh, and I and, and, uh, want to thank you. This is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, signing off and passing it back to my boy, Shatsy. This is the restaurant guy, Shatsy, signing off. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, all our listeners. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Brian. <laughs>